Good morning and welcome as we come to worship God this morning. Lovely sound of rain outside and we are reminded of God's blessings and his goodness. As we listen to our first song, Draw Me Close to You, let us too come and draw close to God. As a call to worship this morning, the Lord is here, a holy God, a jealous God. We will serve the Lord our God and we will obey him. Let us come and confess our sin this morning. Lord God, you gave your servants Adam and Eve access to paradise and commanded them to care for the land where we have failed to care. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus, you promised to go and prepare a place for us where we have not lived as people worthy of that place. Christ, have mercy on us. 
Lord God, the heavens and the earth are yours, yet we have failed to see you in the world around us. Lord, have mercy on us. Almighty God, who hears our prayers, have mercy on all of us and forgive our sins. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you. Amen. As we come to read the scripture, we ask, Lord God, open our hearts to the revelation of your mystery and use me to share it with your people. For your sake and for your glory. Amen. So the scripture this morning that we are focusing on is Joshua 24, verses 1 to 3, and then from verse 14 to 25. So when we come to this portion of scripture, we realize that so much has happened. And last week we, we looked at how God took the people, gave them a new leader, and he allowed them to conquer, conquer the land. And then the land was divided and then they realized their covenant responsibilities. And here at the end, just before the death of Joshua, we are now reading today's scripture, Joshua 24, verses 1 to 3. We will worship and obey the Lord is the heading. Joshua called the tribes of Israel together for a meeting at Sechem. He made the leaders, including the old men, the judges and the officials, come up and stand near the sacred tent. Then Joshua told everyone to listen to this message from the Lord, the God of Israel. Long ago, your ancestors lived on the other side of the river Euphrates, and they worshipped other gods. This continued until the time of your ancestor Terah and his two sons, Abram and Nahor. But I brought Abram across the river. Euphrates, and led him through the land of Canaan. I blessed him by giving him Isaac, the first in a line of many descendants. And then Joshua reminds them about how God has brought them through to where they are now. And then in verse 14, we continue. Then Joshua told the people, Worship the Lord, obey him, and always be faithful. Get rid of the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived on the other side of the river Euphrates and in Egypt. But if you don't want to worship the Lord, then choose now. Will you worship the same idols your ancestors did? Or since you're living on land that once belonged to the Amorites, perhaps you'll worship their gods? I won't. My family and I are going to worship and obey the Lord. The people then answered, We could never worship other gods or stop worshipping the Lord. The Lord is our God. We were slaves in Egypt as our ancestors had been, but we saw the Lord work miracles to set our people free and to bring us out of Egypt. 
Even though other nations were all around us, the Lord protected us wherever we went. And when we fought the Amorites and the other nations that lived in this land, the Lord made them run away. Yes, we will worship and obey the Lord, because the Lord is our God. Then Joshua said to them, The Lord is fearsome. He is the one true God. And I don't think you are able to worship and obey him in the ways he demands. You would have to be completely faithful. And if you sin or rebel, he won't let you get away with it. If you turn your backs on the Lord and worship the gods of other nations, the Lord will turn against you. He will make terrible things happen to you and wipe you out, even though he had been good to you before. But the people shouted, We won't worship any other gods. We will worship and obey only the Lord. Joshua said, You have heard yourself say that you will worship and obey the Lord. Isn't that true? Yes, it's true, they answered. Joshua said, But you still have some idols, like those the other nations worship. Get rid of your idols. You must decide once and for all that you really want to obey the Lord, your God of Israel. The people said, The Lord is our God, and we will worship and obey only him. Joshua helped Israel make an agreement with the Lord that day at Shechem. Joshua made laws for Israel and wrote them down in the book of the law of God. Then he set up a large stone under the oak tree at the place of worship in Shechem and told the people, Look at this stone. It has heard everything that the Lord has said to us. Our God can call this stone as a witness if we ever reject him. Joshua went, sent everyone back to their homes. I just want to draw attention quickly to when Joshua said to them, if you turn your backs on the Lord and worship the gods of other nations, the Lord will turn against you. And in Joshua, we remember that um, something similar happened, and that was that Achan disobeyed the Lord because the Lord said, everything that belongs in Jericho belongs to me. And he went and he took something, um, a nice gown or something and some silver or gold and when they were told to go into battle they lost the battle and they were actually more men and a huge army against the small little group that they were fighting and the Lord said but I told you that everything belongs to me so they were very aware of um, how the Lord acts and what the Lord is serious about when they make a commitment to him. But also, under the leadership of Joshua, many miracles um, happened because um, as they not only crossed the river of Jordan, but the Lord allowed Joshua to command the sun to stand still in chapter 10. And so they were very assured that this leader that God um, chose for them um, is a leader that they can really follow. And we also see that throughout Joshua's leading, they were obedient um, to following the Lord as they had promised. But then when we come to Judges, we see that it changes again.
But as we look at how this portion of Scripture speaks to us today, we, we remember. We remember the conquering, we remember the dividing, we remember the covenant responsibilities as mentioned before. And also when we look at the conquering, we think of road signs. We think, I personally love um, road trips. Long road, I love it, absolutely. Sometimes when I'm tired and the board says to me there's about 850 kilometers ahead and I'm driving on my own, then I think, oh my goodness. But sometimes when I have company in the car, it is wonderful just to um, look at the signs and enjoy the ride, listen to the music, depending on where we are um, in our journey and how we are equipped as well. So sometimes the road signs are encouraging and sometimes the road signs are disheartening depending on where we are. But when we look at the book of Joshua and we see the conquering, we can see in our lives, and we spoke a lot about that last week, about the transition and the way that God has allowed us to conquer certain things in our lives. And those are also the road signs that God has put in our life of showing us what he has done for us. And the dividing of the tribes, we can see that there are sometimes things and people that we have to leave behind when we are serious about following the Lord. And then also here today in chapter 24, we see the covenant responsibilities coming to a head. And also for ourselves, we need to realize that, yes, God's promises are true, but we also have a responsibility in following him. I rejoice in the fact that I have come to this point in my life where I am at an age where I know that I won't have that many road signs in my life, but I will have many road signs still. But I'm also excited for the young people that I interact with and meet with for all the road signs that they will be seeing and experiencing in their lives. Because the road signs are there to either make us stop, maybe we need to make a U-turn, maybe we need to go in a different direction, and maybe we just need to see things completely different to the way that we saw them before. Because God continues to reveal himself to us in different ways and in our circumstances. The story of Israel is filled with many, many road signs in the sense of their forefathers because we read about Joshua talking about the ancestors. And when we hear names like Abram, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Egypt, the Exodus, the desert experience, and even entering the promised land. In a sense, I think that they must have thought that their destiny was reached and this was the end of the road. But what Joshua is saying to them now is that 
even though you've conquered your enemies, even though you've entered the promised land, this is not the end. This is a new beginning. And so very often for us, and I think today when we read the scripture, we can also come to a point and realize that we can also start new with God, no matter where we are in life. That when we see that road sign, it's not the end. When we, have, when we think that we have failed the Lord, just like the Israelites have many, many times. I'm listening to a series of Dr. Barnett at the moment on Revelation. And in Revelation, there is this amazing picture of the church in heaven. It starts off in Revelation with the church on earth, the seven churches that Christ is speaking to, and then it continues with the church in heaven. And there's this amazing picture of this worship happening um, in heaven. And someone said that if we do not enjoy worship here on earth, then we are not ready for heaven. And worship is not only songs. Worship is not only being ecstatic about what God has done for us, but worship is that everyday devotion, that everyday awareness that I belong to God. And because I belong to God, I do things differently. And so therefore Joshua is reminding them that they need to also look at the footprints that God has left in their lives. And that when they look at the footprints, this is a new invitation for them to continue on the journey. Sometimes we, we become tired. We think of the promises of God. And here Joshua is showing to them and saying to them, every promise that God has made, he has fulfilled. He has kept his promise. And therefore now you, as God's people, don't make your commitment lightly because he makes it very clear to them that when we are serious with God, we need to also be serious in the way that we follow him. But back to um, the series in Revelation, there's one thing that he says, um, Dr. Barnett, and he says, whenever you come to a point where you think that you are not good enough, that you have really failed, take one step back and ask God to forgive you. Ask God to give you that ability to start new. Ask God to, to freshen your heart, to renew your heart, to remove the heart of stone and to replace it by filling you with his spirit anew and continuing on that road. And even those things that we feel we have really failed God, those are the road signs that God will use to push us forward. And also that will be a road sign where once again we can say that this is where God has helped me to overcome and to conquer. And these are the things that I am able to leave behind. So the message that Joshua is giving them is clear, that they need to respond. They need to, when 
when we say amen to something that we hear, it should be an amen that is equal to, yes, saying amen, but also doing the amen and being the amen. Amen means that we agree with something. But when we agree with something and it doesn't transform and transpire into our lives, then it actually means nothing. So therefore, by the power of the Spirit, A.W. Tozer writes in his book, Pursuit of God, about the choices that Abram made. So we will be brought one by one to the testing place, and we may never know when we are there. At that testing place, there will be no dozen possible choices for us, just one and an alternative, but our whole future will be conditioned by the choice we make. So despite Josh's doubt, there might even be people in your life that are going to doubt you when you say, I am now going to follow the Lord. Because they might have seen things in your life that are not worthy of following the Lord. But even though Joshua doubted the people, the people made that commitment that they want to follow the Lord and that they are serious about that. They wanted to serve Him. The only way that we can receive the peace of God into our hearts is when we, and the real destiny that we want to reach is when we choose the road of God and we have that peace of obeying God. We will fail. But remember, one step back and we go forward again because Christ paid the price for us. The overwhelming road sign we find is in the New Testament. Paul writes in Romans 15 verse 8, I tell you that Christ came as a servant of the Jews to show that God has kept the promises he made to their famous ancestors. Here, Abram, Isaac, Jacob. In Acts 13 verse 32, Paul continues, God made a promise to our ancestors and we are here to tell you the good news that he has kept this promise to us. And therefore, Paul assures us in one of his letters to the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 18, Do I seem like someone who says yes or no simply to please others? God can be trusted, and so can I, when I say that our answer to you has always been yes and never no. And this is because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is always yes and never no. His promises remain true. So where does that leave us? Because we could miss out on our destiny if we are not willing to take God's promise seriously. While Joshua was leading them, he had that wonderful blessing of them following the Lord and being very serious about following him and keeping the covenant. We can dry the water from wherever we see it is, but if we do not repair where the leak is, we can dry in vain. 
The symptoms cannot be treated without identifying the illness. So therefore, I want to challenge all of us today as we look at this new beginning that Joshua spoke to the people of God about. Are we serious about following the Lord? Do we believe that it is true for us today as it was then for them? We want to own the promise. Are we willing to live by it? I think most probably 95% of people who say that they are Christians will say that they believe the Bible. They might say that Jesus is the Savior of the world. He is my Savior. But am I willing to say that He is my Lord and that He is the Lord of my life and that He determines everything I say and I do. And when I do not do the things and I go back on my covenant promise, does the Spirit remind me one step back and I can come into the presence of God again, knowing that that destiny that is set out, what Joshua is saying here, is also for me. And so I'm going to read Joshua 24, verses 14, for us to reflect upon and make it part of our lives as we go into this next week and speak to others about our commitment and being true disciples. Then Joshua told the people, Worship the Lord, obey him, and always be faithful. Get rid of the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived on the other side of the river Euphrates and in Egypt. Maybe one of the idols we have is that we don't want to submit we idolize our own ideas and our own control and our own ability to do things. Let that go. But if you don't want to worship the Lord, then choose now. Will you worship the same idols your ancestors did? Or since you're living on land that once belonged to the Amorites, perhaps you'll worship their gods. Maybe they are things that take our attention away from focusing on God and being with Him and worshipping Him. But what does Joshua say? Are you going to say today with Joshua, I will not follow any other idols. My family and I are going to worship and obey the Lord. Are we going to answer to God today? We could never worship other gods or stop worshipping the Lord. The Lord is our God. We were slaves in Egypt as our ancestors had been, but we saw the Lord work miracles to set our people free and to bring us out of Egypt. Can we say today that we were bound by sin before and now we are willing to leave those things behind, to say, yes, Lord, I recognize the mighty work that you've done in my life, and therefore I will worship you. Even though other nations were all around us, the Lord protected us wherever we went. 
Maybe you can remember times when God brought you out of very dangerous situations and when we fought the Amorites and the other nations that lived in this land. Maybe you were in a very dark place once and you can remember God brought you back into the light. The Lord made them run away. Yes, we will worship and obey the Lord because the Lord is our God. And there Joshua says to them, The Lord is fearsome. He is the one true God. I don't think you are able to worship and obey him in the ways he demands. You would have to be completely faithful. And if you sin or rebel, he won't let you get away with it. If you turn your backs onto the Lord and worship the gods of other nations, the Lord will turn against you. He will make terrible things happen to you and wipe you out, even though he had been good to you before. For us, we look to Christ and we look to the cross. But the people shouted, we won't worship any other gods. We will worship and obey the only Lord. Joshua said, you have heard yourself say that you will worship and obey the Lord. Isn't that true? Yes, it's true, they answered. Joshua said, but you still have some idols. What are the idols that I have, that you have, that we need to get rid of? But you still have some idols like those the other nations worship. Get rid of your idols. You must decide once and for all that you really want to obey the Lord God of Israel. The people said, the Lord is our God and we will worship and only obey him. Amen. Let us pray as we come to recommit our lives and as I play the next song we will take up the offering but please let us just come and pray and ask God to lead us and fill us with his spirit. Lord God, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you draw us close to you. And so, Lord, as we recommit our lives to you today, we ask, Lord, that you will continue to remind us to focus on Christ, to know your grace and your unconditional love. And at the same time, Lord, that you will make us aware of the responsibilities that we have to become true disciples. For your sake and for your glory we pray. Amen. So as we listen to our next song, we will take up the offering.
Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for creating the earth and and calling us to be stewards of your creation. Your majesty is seen in the mountains that surround us. Your beauty is evident in the plants and flowers which form the tapestry throughout our land. Your greatness is portrayed in the rolling hills that cross our countryside. We pray for your church throughout the world that we may be worthy stewards of your creation. May we hear afresh your call to let everything that has breath praise you, O Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And so, Lord, we pray for the leaders of the world and especially for this country, for our president, for our premier, for our mayor. Give them grace to govern with integrity and justice for all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who make their living of the land, for commercial and subsistence farmers, for those who work the land and their dependents. We thank you especially for the hands that produce the bread and wine, for our everyday supplies and everything that we need. And as we think of the Holy Sacrament Communion, Lord, we pray that you will protect our farmers, you will protect the vulnerable, and you will protect those who who are exposed to so many things that can destroy them. But especially, Lord, today we want to pray for those who, who work the land, who provide for the food, We ask, Lord, that your angels will surround them, that your holy fire, that your power will resist all evil against them. We ask, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are sick, in trouble, in need. We pray for all who are homeless for those who are displaced and for refugees. May you also answer their prayers and provide for their needs from your riches in glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we remember all who have died, especially during this year, and pray that you will give us strength to live lives worthy of our calling until we are united with them in heaven. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Lord, as we come to bring this offering to you, we are aware of all the blessings that you pour out upon us. And so, Lord, we, with grateful hearts and with generous hearts, bring this offering and ask your blessing upon it for your sake and for your kingdom. Merciful merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
May God, who gives you the desire to serve him, also keep you steadfast in your serving. And the blessing of God Almighty Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.